one of my grandparents died and that was, you know, a hard time, but like your wife, you know, and then we were in a bad situation too. So that was the first thing that started to make me wake up as a man being in divorce court and going through that whole thing. And that was bad. And then the other thing that helped me start CatholicAlpha.com, that was the first thing that I started my blog, CatholicAlpha.com, because of being sick and tired of men being weak and not manning up. Well, the main thing was I have like five sons. So I looked at myself and said, okay, if I die, then who's going to teach my sons how to be a man? And so I thought, well, I guess it's on me, even if I'm dead. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% a real Jesus. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Jerry Jacobs, Jr., He's a fellow Jacobs. He's a life and marriage expert who offers radical new relationship advice to men struggling with their God-given roles in society and family. So we're going to talk about his work and how it can help. Jerry, thanks so much for coming. Thanks, Rich, man. I appreciate you having me on for real. This is always fun for me. Well, good. Tell me a bit about your background. How did you get to the point where you're at and what were some of the important events that happened to you that shaped your life? Well, the major event that shaped my life is my first wife died of leukemia. And just so happens at the time we were in divorce court and that was rough. I mean, at the time, you know, she was mad at me and I was mad at her. It didn't really affect me. But like up to two years after she died, I realized, man, I made a lot of dumb decisions after that. I didn't I wasn't totally present. And it was just weird. And you really don't know that kind of thing until it really hits you. I never really had anybody. I mean, I've had one of my grandparents die and that was, you know, a hard time. But like your wife, you know, and then we were in a bad situation, too. So that was the first thing that started to make me wake up as a man being in divorce court and going through that whole thing. And that was bad. And then the other thing that helped me start CatholicAlpha.com, that was the first thing. Then I started my blog, CatholicAlpha.com, because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of men being weak and not manning up. There was no, there was really, well, the main thing was I have like five sons. So I looked at myself and said, okay, if I die, then who's going to teach my sons how to be a man? And so I thought, well, I guess it's on me. Even if I'm dead, I started CatholicAlpha.com and I started writing all these like impact blogs and stuff, blog posts and stuff at first about, about men and in Christ and how in the Catholic faith and, you know, about all these things about my deficiencies as a man, which helped me do a lot more research about what Christ expects from a man and the church and marriage and all of that stuff. And so combined with the marriage the failing of marriage and then combined with my sons leaving something for them to be able to go. Cause look now I don't know about you, Rich, if you looked at any of my stuff, 
if you just go to my mm-hmm. website and look, you go, darn, there's a lot of stuff on this, a lot of crap on here. Yeah. So my point of what I'm saying is that my sons, that they could go there too, you know, but they look at me as their dad. Right now, they don't really look at me as, a, like you said, a marriage coach or whatever. And I really, and that really, those two things together, man, I was just, and I knew that I had to talk to the men. Why? Because God represents himself as a man. Christ came down as a man. St. Joseph <laughs> was a man. So obviously, this whole natural order, God, husband, wife, children mean something. And what I came right. up with is, well, the reason God did it that way, because if men wouldn't do anything, if he didn't make us do anything, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I guess you could say everything he's done is not on a whim, but for a purpose. So if you assume that, then you'll get more benefit out of scripture and, and out of everything. If you assume amen. That, like you did. And so my thing was to. I knew if I could get men to change, then the world would change. People, you know, of course, in today's society, no one thinks that. The men are set up a certain way. So men are charged to lead, to defend, to protect, and to serve. People think being a leader means I want around telling everybody what to do. No, being a leader in your family means you serve everybody, which means what? You serve God first, your wife in marriage second. And your children third, and before you think about your wants, desires, and needs, you make sure those other three entities are taken care of. And that will help you understand your mission as a man, how to better be fulfilled as a man. Men have to learn that we got to learn how to die for something bigger than ourselves. And that's, and that's kind of where I, this whole thing stems from. Yeah, I mean, I, I have three children, and um, I guess sometimes that's what comes to mind is, right, I'm, I'm not their servant, but it's servant leadership to, to work with them sometimes, you know, Hey dad, can you get me this? Can you help me with that? Or, you know, let's do some homework and go over this and answer your questions or, Oh, this one's upset. Let me, let me talk to you and tell you how it is and help you feel better. So I get what you're saying. I guess sometimes it just feels like uh, at, like I'm Atlas. I have to hold up the whole world and my whole family as well. And it, sometimes it just feels like, Oh, it's a lot. I don't know if you get that from other men. Yeah, and it's it's a lot to me too. But here's the deal. That's your job. That's my job. That's every man's job. We got to understand our purpose. Our purpose in this life is not to go and sit on the golf course 24 hours a day. It's not to go on vacation and go on our boats, go out in the wilderness and hunt and fish, not to go bowling all the time, not to go and stay at work all the time. That's not our purpose as a man. And the world tells us Satan has gotten us to believe that stuff. And I'm telling you, that's not it. The purpose of a man is to serve God. Why? To send the souls of his children back to God so that they can be before him in the beatific vision. Now, look, to bring that down a little bit. So you've got to understand, and, and the proof of this is this, first thing. The first thing is, in the Garden of Eden, God tasked Adam, who was our first father, Asked him, another thing, Rich, we don't come from monkeys. So let's get that out the way right now. We don't come from monkeys. We come from Adam and Eve, our father, our Lord. Okay. And so in the Garden of Eden, Adam was tasked to name stuff. So when you name stuff as a, that means what? You are responsible for it. So right off the bat, before Eve was even created, Adam was tasked that you are responsible for all of this. Now, Eve comes along, this beautiful woman. Oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. What do you say? Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. So she was fine, Rich. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> yep. So basically, what happens is she is coming to be his helpmate, his guide. And so what that does is the man, his role is his his role is everything. He's responsible for the diapers. He's responsible for the kids. He's responsible for the dishes, making all the money, the happiness of his wife, the marriage, everything. Eve's job, the reason she is emotional and men are logic is because Eve, her job, she's nor she's ordered towards service of the children. Her job, she, she was given special skills and special things to be able to deal with kids. And so her job is just as important as the man. Why? Because she can't do his job and her job, which is what happens today, right? The wife, the woman, and our society, she does, they do everything now. The man can't do his job and do her job. So what that means is you have a perfect family like that. And people, God knows what he's doing. So what does that mean? So that means now that men have a mission. So God has given a man, men their mission. The, there's, a, there's a threefold mission. The first mission of every man is to protect. To what? Provide, protect okay. your family from outside physical threats. The other job of a man is to protect his beloved wife from him. Now, see, y'all didn't know that one. You knew the first part of protection, but you know the second part. Why? Because when we as men raise our voices, when we call our wife names, we treat her like she's a buddy that we work with or a stranger off the street. When we, we, we neglect her, when we do all these things that our wife didn't sign up for, what happens is she gets deeply, deeply hurt. Not just hurt like my hand hurts, but from the top of her head to the bottom of her toes. Why? Because we're bonded. We're bonded with our wife. She, she, we're bonded through the mental embrace. We're bonded through God being married before God. And we're bonded with children. This is why when a wife goes off and messes around on her husband, it don't last long if the man changes himself. You know why? Because she's extremely bonded to her husband. And that bond is a lot stronger than a rebound relationship. Now, the second mission of the man is to defend, defend his home from Satan, the demonic. And if you don't believe in that as a man, Great. Satan loves that. That way he can do whatever he wants with you. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. What are some ways that you've seen that um, you know bad things can enter into someone's home and disrupt it without you know the, anyone knowing? It's easy. It's called chaos. It's called marriage crisis. What does that mean? Well, I was going to tell you, marriage crisis is your wife asks for a divorce. Your wife wants a separation. Your wife, you get gas in separate bedrooms. You haven't made love in at least you haven't made love. You make love less than a week or severe. You make love less than a month. 
you and things like that. Your children are unhappy. Your children are disrespectful to you. They say they hate you. They call you names. They don't listen to nothing you do as the man. That means that's just your relationship. We talk about your job and your finances. You got to understand the demonic. What it does is there's a supernatural world and a natural world. People try to deny it, and they lo- Satan loves that because now I can kind of I can manipulate your while you're distracted and thinking, oh, this ain't real, or I'm at work twelve hours a day, or I'm out masturbating and pornography and doing all this kind of crazy stuff and not with my fellas and stuff. Well, Satan walks right past you and goes up in the stairs and gets in bed with your wife and kids. Men today are yeah. distracted. And, and the way people think that people think that evil, they think evil is a serial killer or a rapist or somebody like, no, that is sure that's evil. But evil is anything contrary to God, anything contrary to the Ten Commandments. So let's take masturbation for one thing. If a man's masturbating, he's spilling his seed on the ground, which what that goes against everything that God stands for. Why? Because that's complete selfishness. Love is meant to be shared. And so when we as men spill our seed on the ground, no owner was killed for that. Why? Because people don't really understand the, the ultimate purpose of God, the reason God created us. He created us so that we could come because he was happy within himself. He didn't need creatures. He really didn't. And when we were, we're creatures. Get over it. You're a creature. You were created. So God's plan was, you know what? I want to share all this happiness with everybody, with creatures, with yeah. angels. So that's why he brought he he wants all of us to come back to him. That's why we participate in creation. He allows us to participate in that to bring all that back. Quick practical yeah. question. What what I see in the movies and TV and in all of society mm-hmm. is that men are being just beaten down more and more and more and told they're not needed and they're not important and they're bad for who they are and they're toxic and all this junk. Where is that coming from and what can people do about it to guard against that and keep it out of their minds? So that is where I was going with the protect, defend, right? So defend, understanding your mission. People, men think that, well, they're always on my back. They're always on where well, they're on your back because you're not doing your job. We're not, we're not taking care of business, you know? And what I mean by taking care of business is our families and our homes are in unrest. We're getting divorces. We're not taking care of our kids properly. We're not giving them attention. We're being neglectful. You know, we're, we're only can listen to keep it simple. Richard is this men are effeminate. What effeminate means is we lack, we stop doing the hard and the arduous and the difficult things that requ- that life requires to be great in lieu of pleasure. We are attached to pleasure. This country, we're attached to pleasure. Anytime you're attached to pleasure that detaches from God. And once you do, you don't do your job, you're not on your game, and you get attacked by society. You're going to get, it's hard enough getting attacked when you do everything right. And when you do everything wrong, boom. So that's why protection is important. As a man, we must know our mission. What are we here for? Why are we here? The third part of a mission of a man is to serve. And I said that earlier, to serve God first, your wife and marriage second, your kids third, and yourself last. But what do most men do this day today? They put their pleasure, their wants, their desires, their needs above God and their wife and marriage and their children. Because before anything out of their mouth is, they go, men think just because I go to work and bring home the bacon that I'm doing, I'm, that's all I got to do. Or that's my, no, that's your job. You're supposed to do that. That's what you're supposed to do. Your wife and kids, that's what you're supposed to do. Women don't sign up for, for women don't sign up for this. They don't sign up to have bad sex. They don't sign up to 
do dishes, have all these kids, work eight, 12 hours a day, and then you come home and you don't even pay attention to her. You talk to her like she doesn't really mean anything. We don't listen to her. We don't give her no attention. And she's supposed to like put up with that for 30, 40 years. No, listen, Rich, people don't that don't really know me and have not talked to me before. They think I'm just blaming the man for everything. I'm not. But the problem is your whole life, men's whole life, these, especially in this society, starting in the 60s, our whole life is around, oh, we're just so special. You're the most special person in the world. Whatever you want to do is okay. Anything you want to do, I don't care what you do. Whatever makes you happy. And look where it's gotten us. Brother, look where it's gotten us. So what I have to do is break you down. I got to break you down because you got a, this hierarchy of your self-worth that isn't as hierarchy as you think it is. Selfishness will kill your life. It'll kill your marriage, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with God, relationship with your kids, which is what it means. The real measure of a man is his relationship with God, how the respect of his wife and how his kids view him. If your wife is not your number one fan, you got marriage problems. You don't even know it. If your mm. wife is not out telling everybody, oh, Richard, I'm just using an example. Oh, Richard, you probably got a great marriage. But, oh, Richard, oh, oh, my God, my husband, he's just so great. He takes care of us. He takes care of all my needs. He makes me so happy. He's a great father. And you know what, girl? To be completely honest, he's a good lover, too. See, if your well, wife nice. if your wife is not out telling everybody, is what I mean, when I say telling everybody, what I mean is your wife job if she's not is to leave everybody to you the children the kids your friends parents church members your everybody to you why because you represent christ in the home and so your job is to lead everybody else to christ and to god and guess what it works it works when your wife your wife is the nurture of you and your children she is the heart of your home the reason I'm trying to get men to understand how powerful they are as men, because when they don't act, when men don't act right, dude, and they're off their game, everything just crumbles. Look at the state I've, of the family. I've seen that before. I remember growing up, my friend's family, his father passed away. And once that happened, the whole family fell apart. It was terrible. The, the mother shacked up with someone else. The kids like dispersed. I mean, the whole family fell apart. It was horrible. Yeah. I never want to let that happen ever. But hey, Rich, let's go make it. Let's go bigger. Look at our country. It has fallen. Your parents, my parents, parents, our grandparents, our, our grandparents, parents, they created a great country. And what has selfishness done? It yeah, it's has destroyed. It. Yep. It's ruined it because men are now men go. Listen, in, in defense of men, we don't we're not taught how to be a man these days. We're not. We weren't. We're not. Nobody knows how. So what happens is, man, men just kind of go on and do what they think is a man is. And so with God out of the courthouse, God out of the schools, God out of the universities, all our learning places, you know, God is basically out of our homes, too. So where, where do we go to understand our worth and our power as a man? Women have the power to change society by one the raising of one child. Men have the power to to change women and to change women into the greatest woman and make her feel happy and loved and fulfilled. But we get this thing where she's got her job and I got my job. We are partners. Yeah, we partners. No, wife ain't no partner. She's your beloved. She's your beloved. I don't treat my partner like my beloved. My wife signed up to be loved and cherished and put on the pedestal every day. I've been hearing this now for at least 10 years. People don't say wife or husband anymore. They say partner now, if you noticed. Yep. 
So right. the language is being changed too. And the reason why is because Satan has intervened. It, look, man, the way the way in the Catholic world and the Christian world, and I don't know if you're either, you know, if you're Christian or not, uh, it don't matter. You can still understand this concept. As long as the as long as Satan, the demonic, can get you to think about anything but Christ and God and the Trinity and the saints and the angels, he's got you. He's got you. Think about that. As long as your mind is off God, you will fall for anything. The wisdom of the Holy Spirit is what it is. And what I mean by that, like to do my podcast, I said the same thing. People don't realize the closer you grow to God, what happens is you get what's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's called wisdom. And you see the world, you start to see the world for what it truly is. And it's painful. It's painful. But people don't really understand that. They think they go through life, they go to work, they come home, go to bed, eat, maybe have a little sex, kick the dog, kiss the kids, they go to bed, get up and do it the same thing the next day. Is that a life? Is that a life when you can have a passionate, loving, holy marriage and a family that really loves you, respects you as the man, as, as their father? Think about the difference between what I just said. No, that's true. Um, so do you, are you counseling men? Uh, just for the podcast or do you do like individual sessions with them and like how do they come to you so really what happens is i try to give as much overpowering free help as i can the reason why is because it takes a lot to build the habits to create a great marriage and understand what being a man really is and understand intimacy and what that entails and all of that so my podcast is to help I, I started that just recently, like about exactly a month ago in three days. The reason I started it, man, is because me and my wife decided I wanted to help try to help more people. You know, so I do it live. That's why I do it live. So people can call in and ask questions and people can listen during the day. The second way I help is um, my blog, of course. But the third way I help is I have a, a marriage. I call it a marriage masterclass at SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. And what happens is they go there and they can get help like that to kind of get a foundation of how to keep their marriage together, how to make their wife happy and things like that. And then if they want to, then a button pops up. If you want to meet with me, then again, I talk to you for like an hour and I hear your specific story and then I help guide you that way. And then after all of that, if you decide you want more personal help, then you enter my program, which I've helped like I say, hundreds of men in that. Um, and so that's kind of where I am, where it is. And I try my best because I'm very, as you see, I'm very passionate about what I do and I want to help as many men as possible. The reason why is because, like I said, I'm sick and tired of the divorce. And men that think that their wife, I really started, one of the other reasons I really started CatholicAlpha.com was I want to try to get to men before they're in marriage crisis. I want to try to like, look, man, like, okay, my marriage is not the best. It's not bad yet, but I can see things going wrong. That's one of the original things I wanted to do. But see, men, we what we do is we don't ask for help until it's too late, until it's like so bad, everybody's so sad. Then all of a sudden we want to make it priority number one. We kind of look at our our marriage relationship as a car. Like the car is just, it's, it's the car still moving, it's drivable and all of that. So it's not a priority right now. The problem with that thinking about your marriage is your marriage has to always be number one. Why? Because it needs constant marriage. I call it marriage maintenance. 
and it's constant, constant attention. Your wife is everybody's wife that's listening to this, this podcast right now. All of your wives are high maintenance. Get over it. They're women. They're high maintenance. I don't care if she has a million dollars. I don't care if she has a billion dollars or she has a dollar. All women are high maintenance. What does that mean? If you in your marriage right now, if your wife is nagging you, you can't do anything right. Or not even that. If like she's always trying to tell you what to do and say, baby, won't you do this? Won't you fix this? You've got to understand what that means. You have serious marriage problems. You don't know it. Why? Because your wife is now telling you, I'm feeling like we're not close enough. I'm feeling mm-hmm. like something's wrong. So what do I do? I ask you to do stuff for me to see if you're going to do it to get validation of your love for me. Hmm. Interesting. Do you have any, um, any, I mean, I know you don't want to give personal info away, but of the people you counsel, the stories you hear, what are some of the commonalities? Like, can you share a couple of common stories? So I just started this. I just, I'm finishing up a series called clues. Your wife may want a divorce. So Basically, it came out to be 33. That's weird because there's 33 flavors in the thing, but it was just a coincidence. But there's 33 clues that I try to, this is what I try to do with men. I try to show them their future, their good future or their bad future. That's why I I learned about the wife's, I mean, I created the wife's exit strategy because I started seeing commonalities of what a woman will do when the emotional connection is gone. And so I just finished, I'm, I'm about three episodes away from this series about clues your wife may want to divorce. And I could read those, some of those to you in a second, but the wife's exit strategy, both of these things are the few, the reason I create the clues, because I wanted men to open their eyes and start to see things that their wife is unhappy, that she's getting another man, that she doesn't feel loved anymore, that, that their marriage is about to crash before it actually does. So the wife's exit strategy is something I created after talking to and dealing with a whole, whole lot of men. And I start to see a pattern that wives do. The first thing they do when the emotional connection is gone or she feels she's losing it, because you got to remember when a woman, the emotional connection, the emotional closeness is the most important thing for a woman above God, above her kids, above everything. So women sign up for the love of their husband. Like I said before, they don't sign up for dishes and having all these kids and all that kind of stuff. They sign up for the love of their husband. And when we as husband break the promise, which means we allow the emotional connection to to dwindle down, what happens is they start to enter the wife's exit strategy. So the first one is is, uh, usually at that stage, most men don't listen. That's why I just gave every man in your listening audience a blessing. If your wife is nagging you, you know what it means. I just told you. Then if things don't get better, what she will do is she will ask. She will ask you to leave. She will move to another bedroom or she will get another man. That's that's phase two. Phase three is if you as a man, if she sees that you're not improving, that you're still the same old guy, then what she'll do is she'll go to phase three, which is she will formally ask for separation or ask for divorce. After that, she will then file for a divorce. And of course, there's no fault divorce in every state. She will get it, which means she'll take all your money, at least half of it. She'll make you sell your house. She'll get the kids and you won't see your kids no more and all of that. If you're Catholic, so right then your marriage is over in the eyes of the state. But if you know anything about God, you know that divorce is not in the vocabulary. 
And so that's why Catholics have what you call annulments. Annulments mean that your marriage never was. It was unlawful, which means somebody lied before the marriage or something like that, and they weren't truthful, whatever. So your wife will ask for an annulment, and then, of course, she'll file for one, and then she will get it. That's that's the that's, men's future. That's even more hurtful than a divorce. I remember a friend of mine, his wife did the exact same thing. And he was so hurt by it because trying to say the marriage never was to him was like, no, it was. It just didn't go well. But yeah, that's really hurtful. Yeah. And and so if you want, I can name some of the really like there's 33 clues. I don't want to read all 33 of them unless you want me to. But I was going no, to give you, like, give you a few, like five or 10 of them so that you can kind of get an idea of these are very important clues that you look for. And your wife, it, what does it mean? That's not mean you're going to go spy on your wife. What this means is as men, as husbands, we must start paying attention to our woman. She's the most important person in your life, but we don't pay attention to her. Okay. So these are some clues that you've got to look for so that you can understand how deeply in trouble your relationship with your beloved is. So the first one, not the first one, but let me kind of go through it. So one of the first ones is, your wife is spending more time with single women and divorced women. I get it all the time. That's a clue. If your wife is out spending time with single women all the time and divorced women, you got a problem because divorced women are damaged. What I mean by damaged is they had all, a bad relationship. They couldn't, they're in their, her and her husband couldn't get their the marriage to stay together. So they're against, they're, they're going to pollute a happy woman or a woman that is married. She's, he's going to, she's going to kind of, you know, steer her in the wrong direction in that way. Does your wife seem uninterested in the marital embrace? So you're trying to make love to your wife on a registration, a, re a regular thing, which every pop, everybody should be making love with their wife at least at the minimum, minimum, minimum of once a week, preferably two or three or four or five. But if you're doing, if you're doing less than a week, you are in serious, serious trouble. If you are making love less than one, if you're making love less than once a month, you are officially what's termed a sexless marriage and your marriage is all but going south. Okay. So that's those are, those are two of the other clues. Um, the other, another three or four more is you have stopped hearing the spiritual battle because you, it takes grace for a marriage to really be great and work grace from God. Okay. Your wife, is she losing weight? for no apparent reason? Is she getting her hair done for no apparent reason? Is she locking her phone, hiding her phone? You can't find it. Is she being vague and keeping secrets? Stuff like that. And that's just a few of them. That's like, you know, 20 something more. But another thing too, if she, if your wife places the kids above you, if the kids are more important than you, you got a problem. If her parents are more important than you, you got a problem. If her siblings and friends are more, if you don't get the big chicken at the dinner table, you have a problem. <laughs> yes, you're in the then you're in the doghouse, as they say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When someone's in, uh, when someone reads this list and they recognize one or more of these problems, what what do they do? How do they not freak out? And how do they start on the path to repairing their marriage? Okay, so I'm going to be completely with you because that's what I, when guys come to me, I'm completely honest with them. So if you enter the marriage, most men don't come to me until it's so bad that they've entered a marriage crisis. That's what the church calls it, marriage crisis. So like I said, separation, ask for divorce, um, all those kind of things like that. You know, another man, an affair, an emotional affair. If you 
start like these clues, these 33 clues that I was mentioning. If you have one or two of those, hey, man, at a 30 something, you can handle that yourself. You can, you know, you can just start communicating better with your wife and giving her more attention, you know, and you're, you're probably going to be OK. When you, you got more than one or two, plus the problems in your job, kids and family, plus all the other things you got, dude, you need professional help to get out of that. And most guys, they wait and wait and wait. And all the time, their marriage gets worse and worse and worse. So what they have to do is realize that I need help. I need a marriage coach to help um, and to help me get out of this, to or help me organize how to solve these problems in the correct order. Because without God and your wife in marriage, do you really have a family? I'll help you. No, you don't. Matter of fact, we are failure as men if we allow our marriage to break up. Now, don't get me wrong. Most of us don't really understand how to keep a marriage together these days because nobody teaches us. And we used to have examples, but everybody's divorced. Or if they're not divorced, they're unhappy or in a boring marriage or medi- mediocre marriage. But yeah, I was one- going to ask you, um, when, you know, I'm in my late 40s. When I was growing up, I think the marriage, the, sorry, the divorce rate was over like 55%. I can't imagine what it is nowadays. Do you know? Right. <laughs> Dude, I like to say it's over 60%. Look, Jeez. 70% of women that 70% of marriages, 70% of divorces filed are filed by women. So if you ain't listening to nothing to me and Richton said today, you better hear that one. The odds of your wife filing for divorce are very, very high. Why? Why? Because women have so many outlets these days. They have so many outlets. They have divorced women. They have single women. And they're always telling them, girl, it's better over here. You going to put up with that with him? If I were you, I wouldn't put up with that mess. That's what they're telling her. Girl, let's go. Girl, let's go. Let's go out on the housewives of Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> let's go on a trip. You know what I'm saying, man? That's that's the deal. They have too many out. And then if her parents don't like you and parents are weak these days, used to be. Rich, you, you're old enough to know, used to be if you as a wife or a husband, when you ran home to your mom and daddy because you was having marriage problems, what would they say? Uh, okay, you can stay for a day or two. Would you to get your butt back home and make it right with your husband and your wife? You know why? Because that's what people used to do. They would try to work and keep it working, keep trying their best. But people today, Ronald, Mr. Ronald Reagan, Mr. No Fault Divorce, Ronald Reagan in 1969, he made it easy for everybody. Well, I can't stand her. I can't stand him. We can't work it out. And I want to go out and give you somebody else. So let's have a no-fault divorce, which means you can divorce for nothing. Hmm. Basically, it's what it means. After that, the divorce went to like a million a year, and it's been going up and up ever since then. Man, Satan, listen, Satan, if whoever, if you don't believe about of the, in the supernatural world, that's a mistake because none of this stuff happens by coincidence, man. There's a reasonable explanation for everything, and you have to understand what that means. Well, one thing I realized is that um, if you want to be a good, if you want to be just exist, then fine, don't work on yourself. But if you want to be a good husband, and especially if you want to be a good father or a good mother, you really got to work at it. You got to improve yourself all the time. Otherwise, I just think. You can't be by definition. So unfortunately, that's 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 where we're at. I'm trying to commit to being better all the time. It's you know I fail all the time, but I keep going and keep, keep trying. But I don't know how many people actually try and keep trying. So Rich, the problem, like what you're doing, is very amicable. The problem is, okay, how do I? What do I start to make myself better? Okay, I can start eating better. 
I can give my wife a little more attention, can do, you know, I can go lift weights, you know, I can start, I don't know, watching, reading scripture. You know, the thing about it is, is man, when your marriage and relationship is kind of down and going south, how do I stop it from going south? How do I stop the pain? So here's, I'm going to tell you one way you can improve your marriage in two weeks. So here's what you do. When your wife is talking, your mouth is shut. When your wife is talking, you actively listen. You move toward her, your body language, you look at her straight in her face. Your body language says, please talk to me more. You're empathetic, you're sympathetic to her needs and you're listening to her. You don't interrupt. You actually show her that I am interested in what you are saying. You right now are the most important person in my life. As you as a husband could care less what your wife is saying, you better get an uh. Academy Award. You better get an Academy Award and make her think that you're listening. Because if you don't, she will hold that against you forever. Memories like elephants. We all know she gets mad at you and goes, you remember when you did that 20 years ago? And you're going, that was 20 years ago, woman. Exactly, yeah. So that right, that little tidbit I've given you. So I've given you two blessings. That blessing right there, that listening thing, please, your wife's mouth is moving. What you do is you close yours. And then... Here's another thing to go along with that. What you do is you only open your mouth if you have a clarified, you want to ask a clarifying question, which means what? Okay, baby, I heard what you said. I didn't quite hear what you said. What did you say? Or let me get it correct. You mean, is this what you're talking about? Because I'm a little confused, right? That's not fixing nothing. That's not inter messing up the conversation. That's not being selfish. That's just going, you know what? I didn't quite hear what you said. Can you repeat that? Okay. The other thing, the other thing is, when your wife is talking is you got clarified, you ask what you, when she's done, you go, all right, well, is there any way, if it's a problem, you say, is there anything I can do to make it better? Is there anything I can do to help? No. You don't start going, well, if I was you, I would quit that stupid job. I was you, I would never talk to that fool again. If I would, you know, like start solving the problem right away. That's a big problem I have. It's, it's like an irresistible thing to want to <laughs> solve the problem. I can't, it, it's hard to overcome that. So what I would, I would give you as a to help you out in that manner is what you do is just be into her because what it is your see your remember I talked about protection defense and service mm -hmm. remember how I talked about that that's your protection mechanism kicking in for your life why because you guys are bonded you love her you don't want her to be unhappy so of course you're going to try to fix her problem for her because you don't want her to be sad exactly yep so what you have to do is go counterintuitive to what you're saying, what you're thinking, and just listen. And if, But if she asked you, baby, what do you think? Then you go, if it were me, I would think about this. You know, because then she asked you what you think, and you can't lie. That's the seventh commandment. You can't lie. So what do you do is you tell her the truth, but you'd be, you'd be hypothetic, sympathetic you talk to her in a high pitch loving that's another thing men don't understand how to talk to women you can't talk to a woman like she's a man i know you see feminists all the time that they're trying to be tough and they're trying to the women i don't care she could be the hardest feminazi out there she's still a woman and if you are her husband she's bonded to you and so when you raise your voice or you talk to her in a, in the wrong way it will it very much hurts her so the way you talk to your wife is like this. Sweetheart, what do you mean? Is everything okay? How can I help? You don't talk to her like I'm talking to you, uh, Richard, right now. You see what I mean? Because yeah. 
She's your yeah, beloved. Sometimes, like, you know, I'm not an employee. Talk to me. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you know what I'm, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But listen, the tip is this. The listening tip I told you about. The other tip is, man, talk to her like she's a baby. You're like your little, your one-month-old baby. Goo-goo gaga. But you don't say goo-goo gaga. You go, sweetheart, are you okay? Do you need anything? Can I help you? I'm sorry that happened. What can I do to help? It will take you a long way, dude. Then your wife will start to want to make love with you more. Why? Because, oh, my God, he cares about me. That turns her on. Believe it or not, the way you talk to your wife turns her on, the way you treat her, the way you hug and hold her outside the bedroom. That stuff right there, that's what turns her on. Not you working all the time, spend, neglecting her all the time, making her do all the work all the time. And then you come home and it's 10 o'clock at night. Hey, let's have some sex, baby. Huh? No, nah, man, I'm tired. I got to go to bed, girl. I mean, dude, I got to go to bed. Well, you would think, though, that if you come across as soft and caring and all that, that that's not what they want. But you're saying, I guess it is. Right? Well, let me tell you why, though. We always talk about the why. Because without the why, nothing means nothing. So the reason you talk to your wife like that is because vulnerability in marriage is very important. Now, like I said, Rich, you wouldn't talk to me like that or your mother or your, you know, or your father or your buddies at work. Well, you wouldn't talk to them like that. When you talk from now on, when you talk to your wife and you talking to her in your mind, you're thinking, this is my beloved. This is not my wife wife and partner i mean wife is important because it's that's from god but what i'm saying is to get you in the right frame of mind of who you're talking to like right now in your mind i'm talking to jerry jacobs jr right that's who you're because mm-hmm. you're you're saying but when you talk to your wife you go in your mind this is my beloved because we treat our beloved different than we treat anybody else just like we treat our best friend different than we treat a regular friend right so you yep. talk to her, it's always in your mind, this is my beloved. A great marriage cannot be built without vulnerability. Sure, you're putting yourself on the line when you talk to her like that. But she loves you, and this is how she needs you to hear from you. You don't even talk to your kids like that. People that people that talk to their kids like, oh, you're so special, and goo-goo-ga-ga to their kids, but then their wife, they talk to her like she's some monster or something. <laughs> they call her names, and you know what I'm saying. So believe it or not, it will work. Listen Change the way you talk to her. And I'm telling you, in two weeks to a month, she'll say, what changed in you? And you're going to be like, oh, nothing. I just wanted to treat you. I just I, I realized I wasn't treating you as best as I could. Um, and I wanted, I'm trying to do better. Oh, so have you heard from clients anecdotally? Like, they're like, oh, my wife said this or that. Like, do you hear that excitement when it's starting to work? Man, so when someone joins my program, we have what we call group battle sessions. So group battle sessions are, we meet every Tuesday and Thursday at different times. And I coach the guys in the group. So this is not, my groups are not like, you know, these kind of groups where we meet and we emote about our ex-husband or ex-wife all the time. And we're just sitting there crying, everybody's sitting there crying, all that stuff. No, my group sessions are, you're here to learn. So basically what I do is I coach you. I coach all the guys in the in the group it could be between five and 20 guys at a time right and so i i what i do is so that they can learn faster i take each they i coach each individual man and everybody learns faster and so what happens is they'll say jerry i i started talking to her like this and oh my like okay for example one of my clients we're in the group the other night he's only been with me for like two weeks 
and him and his wife was divorced. They're Catholic. So if you know anything about Catholics, you know that we know for a fact that God is against divorce. So unless you got an annulment paper certificate in your hand, in the eyes of the state, you're divorced, but in the eyes of God, you're not. So God trumps the state. So they know, even his divorced wife knows that they're still married. Dude, she even, she even, have another, even has another man, right? And dude, here's what happened, Rick. We've been working together for like two weeks, and he comes in there last night. He goes, Jerry, I just can't believe it. <laughs> this is the best two weeks of my life in the last 10 years. He said, I started doing what you said, and she's responding. She talks to me now. I talk to her. She even told him about something that she was that was upsetting her. And so when women open up to you, that means what? That the emotional connection is starting to come back. And when that emotional connection comes back, dude, you got her. That's when you got her. Because that's all she wants anyway. That divorced woman wants to be with her husband, her real husband. But she's uh, the pain of being with him was more than the pain without him. So what does she do? She stays away. Because women keep thinking, if I come back, he's going to start treating me the way he did before. This is why men, you are the leader. Women and kids know it. They would know you to change yourself. If you don't change yourself, your wife and your kids ain't going to change themselves. This is the power you have. This is the power you have. Oh, my God. But you got to realize that and know that. That the influence in this society by men, especially in their marriages, in their homes, they have a special supernatural power that was instilled in them at birth. And when they don't use it right or they misuse it, what happens is there's either chaos or peace. You choose. Okay. We're just about out of time, Jerry, but it has been a really good call. What, uh, what kind of calls to action can we have for listeners? We have men listening that are having trouble with their marriage. What's the first step and the second step they can take to possibly work with you or to learn? So the way I look at it is I'm very passionate and I want to help your audience and the men because I understand was because I've been there. Everything you heard me talk about, I've been there, too. That's why I could be harsh and direct and, and empathetic and sympathetic all at the same time because I was there. So what I set up is. You go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com, no matter if you're a Catholic or a Protestant, whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's called SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. You're going to go there. You're going to see a button that says help for women, help for men, or help for husbands, help for wives. You click on the help for, for, for wives, I mean, for men, for husbands, and then you go to see a marriage, a marriage masterclass, which will help you even more than I've helped you today. And then if you if there's a button that'll pop up that goes, if you want to have a personal one hour session with me, then let's talk. And then a lot of guys do it. A lot of guys don't. Sometimes they have enough help. Sometimes they don't. Depends on where they are. But the marriage masterclass will help you understand your predicament and coach you along on how to get out of some things. And so that you can decide if you need more personal help. Sometimes you don't, you might not, but the, what you got to do is go and find out because most men don't really understand their predicament. They always think they have more time than they actually have. Then they come home and their wife and kids have moved to Texas and they're wondering where's everybody at. So that's how you get help for me. And then that will help you understand, even if you have a mediocre or a good or great marriage, it's like the Holy Spirit, right? God always meets us where we are. So that's how I work. I meet you where you are. You know, if you have, if you're in a good marriage, you still need to create a great marriage. 
if you're in a great marriage, you still got to create a legendary marriage. What's a legendary marriage real quick? A legendary marriage is what I created. That means your marriage is so great with you and your wife that all of your kids cannot wait to get married. That's what I have in my family. They all wow. can't wait to get married, dude. And then guess what? They have kids, don't they, Rich? So those kids mm-hmm. can't wait to be married. Then those kids can't wait to be married. And then those kids can't wait to be married. So what does you, that mean? You just, you just want a whole bunch of grandchildren. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no. But that would be mean, a beautiful yeah, But you see what I'm saying? You're creating souls for God. And so your children, your children's children, your children's children's children, and those children, all your legacy as a man by creating the legendary marriage, which is your real legacy. You've created a legacy that will span throughout your family's entire history for the rest of eternity, as long as God allows us to be here. What better gift can you give to your children? And that's true. Most, just about all the friends that my kids have come from broken homes. It's crazy. And um, their friends think that we're, you know, my wife and I are weird because we're still together after like 24 years. Awesome. So we're a rarity, unfortunately. Yeah. So like I'm saying, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com, and that is where you will start to enter into getting the help. I don't put pressure on you. You do what you want to do. It's your marriage, not mine. <laughs> yeah. So, man, okay. what about well, you? Been, you said you've been married for 24 years, man. Yeah. When, when did y'all yep. get married? Well, yeah, it's coming to the, uh, the end of March. Uh, well, 20 years ago, we got married in March as well. And I teased my wife one time. Because someone said, oh, how long y'all been together? And she's like, we, we've been married 20 years. And I said, unlike her, I think of the first moment we met as the whole time we've been together. Wow. So it's 24 years. And she gave me a look and I'm like, I'm just kidding. But mm-hmm. she liked that. So, How many kids you got? Oh, three. Three. Sweet. Good. Man, how old are they? Yeah. Uh, 14, 16, and uh, just about to become 18, going away to school, my oldest. So, uh, yeah. Man, the thing is, dude, time. you're... Um, yeah, you still got to raise them when they get past 18. You'll see. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. It ain't over. How old are your sons? You said you have five sons? Yeah, a daughter. So I've got, they range from, my daughter's the oldest. She's like 35. And then it goes down from there. Jericho, Solomon, Max, and Marcus. And my, I should have said five. I mean, I should have. I have another son, but I, I haven't seen him in a lot of years. That's one of the things that happened to me when I was in high school. And so I have five sons and then a daughter. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. You're blessed. Big time. Yeah. Six kids. Amazing. Yeah. What we're here for, right? If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.